Welcome to the Smart Driving Cars podcast. We appreciate you taking the time to be with us. This edition is sponsored by the Smart ETFs, Smart Transportation and Technology ETF, symbol MOTO. For more information, head to MOTOETF.com. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the Faculty Chair of Autonomous Vehicle Engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi, Alan. Hey, good morning, Fred. Good morning. We have a terrific guest with us, Alan. This is a special edition, a transformation of the car insurance industry. That's what General Motors is aiming for with what it is labeling OnStar Insurance. And joining us is Andrew Rose, president of OnStar Insurance Services. Thanks for taking the time with us, Andrew. Thrilled to be here. So to begin with, give us the overview of OnStar Insurance and why GM feels it's needed. Well, GM is a veteran, actually, of the insurance industry. Uh, they were in with Motor Insurance Company and GMA and GMAC Insurance from 1925 to 2008. Financial crisis arrives. A variety of uh, things happen there and uh, has been looking at the insurance industry uh, as an opportunity to get back in. There are a lot of advantages, we think, for OEMs to participate in the, uh, in the insurance ecosystem. First of all, you have access to customers at very relevant life events. So from that standpoint, if you understand the, uh, the economics and the equation for insurance, lowering acquisition cost offers you the opportunity to offer lower prices to, uh, to customers. But probably the biggest driver is our knowledge and understanding of the vehicles themselves and then how the drivers utilize those vehicles. And the intersection of those two points have an enormous impact on uh, insurance and the loss cost uh, that's out there. And so that certainly uh, drives into the equation for a return to uh, insurance. And the third part, you can offer a very differentiated experience. Um, if you've ever had the opportunity to use OnStar, to be an OnStar subscriber um, and have them be there for you in your moment of need, you can imagine extending that experience into the insurance ecosystem from speed of response to decrease of cycle time to getting you the right vehicle, not multiple toes. And there's all kinds of things that we can do there to make the customer experience very different. Those things drove GM back into the insurance business. You have this understanding of the vehicles and your, and your customers. Describe what you, what you mean and, and what that's going to mean for, for those customers. Certainly. Well, the first thing that we should start with is it's only with customer consent. Um, you know, that's a key element uh, of this is the data privacy. You, you only share your information with us and with anybody in, you know, in our ecosystem if you say it's okay. So let's start and just make sure and get that part out and, uh, and clear. But assuming that you're willing to share your information, it offers us all kinds of opportunities. Um, how, when, where do you drive your vehicle? Those are all very relevant information for pricing to understand how your vehicle is ultimately being used. What safety features do you have on those vehicles? Um, you know, when you're at the dealership purchasing a vehicle, you can purchase, you know, a bare bones one or one that has every one of the safety features. Well, we should reward you if you have and use those safety features. And and the data that comes off of those vehicles are, are they have the opportunity to be incredibly powerful pricing tools. Yeah. Um, so, um, so if I could jump in, Andrew, I think you know that's why we're so excited that um, that GM and OnStar 
um, has um, is jumping into the car insurance business uh, because I guess for some time uh, we've been uh, trying to um, really um, have an, uh, we we believe that that insurance could be a, an enormous uh, player and incentivizer in in people buying uh, these new uh, improved automated. Uh, capabilities and, 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 and safety features, which are really safety features in vehicles. And in fact, um, um, uh, you know, and, and having you be, um, having uh, a GM itself be offering the, uh, the, 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 the insurance, they know how well or not well these features work. They've tested them even before they show up in the, in the showroom, and therefore the enormous advantage. I, I claim I'm not a, I'm not an actuary. I'm not an insurance guy, but my goodness, uh, that just that availability. This is beyond knowing what the driver is going to do. I mean, many as we've argued, many of these these safety features really uh, are sitting there waiting to operate as the driver misbehaves. Driver doesn't want. I, I maybe you don't. But me, you know, and all of a sudden bails us out and keeps us from crashing. Keeps you from crashing. Or that's that's a whole di- that's a whole different thing, you know. That then, of course, guess what? You get to keep the money. Whoa, that's different to crash mitigation, isn't it? Talk to me here. Or do we have it right here or not? Uh, you do, you do. For, you know, the the way we look at this is, uh, you know, sixteen year olds. I've got uh, two teenage drivers in my uh, my household here, and uh, they're not good drivers, but they're not equally bad drivers. There are different sixteen year olds out there. There are some that drive very cautiously and should be rewarded for that behavior, and some that drive a little more aggressively than you'd like and should be penalized for that behavior. But that's exactly what you're you're talking about there is the opportunity to understand driver behavior, but then understand those vehicles features um, and intersecting um, with them there. Um, That intersection, that understanding will lower cost. It's gonna lower cost in one of two ways. Either you're gonna get into fewer accidents or the accidents that you get into will have lower severity. And that ultimately translates into, if you can find the right people, reward and incentivize them. Imagine a future where when your teenage driver turns the key off, they've just done the, you know, their, their trip. Now it's the push button rather than turn the key. Um, and up pops on the screen, you just had a great drive. You were in the top 10% in the last day, week, month, whatever it is. And we're going to incentivize you in some way, you know, save your parents money, save you money. If you happen to be the owner of the insurance policy, all of a sudden you can create a self-reinforcing mechanism here where you're going to want to do those safe driving behaviors. Um, and you're going to have some of the safety features that are there when you're already safely driving the vehicle and others that will just be there for those moments when you, God forbid, pick up your phone grab a drink of water, just stare off in the distance. You know, we need to make sure that we've got safety features that eliminate as many of those as we possibly can. Because most of the time, it's the driver's fault. You're doing something that the technology is then trying to react for. 
Absolutely. And I find that to be the biggest motivator for, for you working with GM saying, GM, put systems in there that in case I do, heaven forbid, whatever, in fact, it saves my butt. Well, it, it fails. Saves me. your butt. And, Let's... And, 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 and does not allow me to crash. I don't even, I don't want to crash a little bit because if I crash a little bit, then I have to replace a radar. Then I have to, you know, and then I have to, and, I, and that's too, and not, if I'm on the insurance side, I don't want to pay for all that. I don't want to, please. Well, GM, the, the GM, benefit, let it, you know, so, so you can beat on GM to make sure that they do it. Right. I mean, isn't this a great marriage? It's a great marriage. It, it's the collaboration. I mean, the, the intersection that I have regular conversations with our safety engineers. I mean, if you're at an insurance company, which I have started them, worked for them, run, you know, you don't get that opportunity. And I got to sit down and have a conversation with the guy that gave, that invented the haptic seat feedback. That when I'm drifting out of my lane, all of a sudden, you said, you know, pain in the butt, it buzzes on my side. This says, hey, get back um, in your lane. If you've used adaptive cruise control and the ability that you got to pay attention, if you've used our super cruise functionality, you'll notice there's all kinds of technology built into it to say, I will take over for you here, but you must stay engaged. Our super cruise is not take a nap. If you close your eyes, you're going to immediately start getting warnings back saying, wait a minute, you have to pay attention to the road because you may be called upon to take control again of that vehicle. Right. It's that is going to lead to more and more innovations to safer and safer vehicles. And then we can translate that into savings for the customer. Absolutely. I mean, uh, this is where we look at these comfort and convenience features of, of it doing the, uh, the intelligent cruise control as, but the intelligent cruise control, I have the option of turning it on, but I also have the responsibility of turning it off and maintaining attention. That is any engineer who's, who's built one of these things has that as a requirement. Therefore, it, it's, it's almost, it's, 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 re, it's a requirement on General Motors or the auto manufacturers and making that technology to make sure that in fact, I behave in using it. I keep my eyes on, which was the really elegant thing that GM did with Super Cruise. And it must continue that. Now, if in fact Super Cruise becomes so good that in fact I can sit there and text, but I can't jump in the back seat, then it's got to make sure that I stay in there in that seat also. As and you've got technology. Else. And you've got technology to make sure to do that. And that should be that should be there. Now you do that, then all of a sudden, guess what? You get to keep the whole premium. Well, insurance will change. Loss goes, loss, loss goes to zero, right? Well, maybe, maybe you, and then you can, you know, reduce mm -hmm. it. But guess what? You get to keep more. Insurance will change, you know, and, and it's been a, it's been a situation in the marketplace where we've not seen, we've seen frequency declines. But when will frequency really, really drop off? Where all of a sudden, instead of it being a one in a hundred thousand or one in a thousand, a one in a ten thousand, a one in a hundred thousand event, it's a one in a ten million event. No, no, and when no. you do those kinds of things, the definition of insurance will change.
It's going to, you're going to need less of it and it's going to move to different things. I'll give you an example. My business, we're building OnStar Insurance right now. Sure. And I'm building it because there are two things still in the car. Right. A steering wheel and a gas pedal. Right. If you take those out of the vehicle, you're not driving anymore. The insurance <laughs> equation changes fundamentally. Now, the really difficult part is the transition from your my original car, a 1986 Pontiac Parisian, where I was in full control. It didn't do anything for me. I had to do everything to that future state where there's nothing. That transition is when insurance is going to be very, very complicated. Who owns the liability should there be an accident? It's a very complex equation. Well, I guess I guess my view in that is we're not going to get there anytime soon, and I've uh, at least not for cars that the GM's willing to sell to me because, in fact, just for what what you just said, they are going to have to assume the the product liability piece of that. And when they're when GM's going to be comfortable enough to accept the product liability of that, to something that I own that I'll maintain to a level that that's why I don't know. Hey. I'm too darn old. I'm not going to see that. I've given that one up. However, you know, short of that, you know, there's still going to be frequency, unfortunately. You know, trees will come down on the car as you're going. A meteorite will come out of the sky or who knows what. You're still going to be there. But, but I think that what, 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 had, what had spooked, I'll say spooked the insurance industry, was all the great crash mitigation things that we did in the past 20, 30, whatever years that really improved safety. In other words, we lived instead of died. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, even though the frequency went down, the cost of repair, because, because there was still the crash, it wasn't crash avoidance, it was crash mitigation. It was crumpled the vehicle to absorb the energy. Holy macro, now you gotta replace the whole damn vehicle. It was be able to determine what my closing velocity is, therefore I need a radar. Oh my goodness, I gotta replace the radar. I've gotta replace the airbag. I've gotta, I, I've gotta do all this stuff because the crash still happened. But if we get to the situation which the crash doesn't happen, then there's no ambulance chaser. There's no rep- replacement of the vehicle. Of course, GM doesn't sell as many replacement parts. But you know, but in a sense, all of a sudden, for the insurance, my goodness, you, you, your top line goes down, your bottom line goes up, doesn't it? Or- it's a transition. Um, I'll give you an example, a simple one that I've used yeah, okay. you know, a couple times of of the power of some of this data and how it can be used for pricing and for the overall good that we're all aiming for, you know, which is let's have fewer accidents out there. So when I got to, uh, to GM and what drove me here was all the data. The data that comes off this vehicle is just amazing. It's high fidelity, it's high, continuous, you know, so you're getting all this information. So I'm going through all the rating variables with the safety engineers. I'm going, yeah, not this one, not this one. This one could be interesting. And I got the tire pressure. And I looked at that and I said, mm, nah, we're not going to use tire pressure. And I moved on. And the safety engineer said, well, why not? And the insurance guy in my head said, okay, challenge my assumption. Why did I not do that? And I said, oh, okay, I could see your point. 
Um, if I'm leaving my check engine on light, my check engine light on, or check tire pressure light on, it's a measure of responsibility. Now, I had my insurance hat on, and I said, so it could be a proxy for other responsibility variables. I see your point. And I looked over at the safety engineer, and he's going, I have no idea what you're talking about. His answer was, I'm thinking 35 feet. And I'm like, okay, I have no idea what you're talking about here now. So we've confused each other completely. And he said an underinflated tire can have a significantly longer stopping distance. And so from that standpoint, if we understand this vehicle should be at 35 PSI and it's at 32 PSI, and that vehicle all of a sudden gets into a situation where it has to stop, it's going to be an extra 35 feet. In the insurance world, that's the difference between a really close call and a big claims payment. Injuries, physical damage, all of those, you know, those things there. And so that is just a very simple example. Do I know whether I'm going to incorporate tire pressure into my rating algorithm yet? I don't know. You know, we're, we're just at the tip of figuring all those things out. But that shows how one small inconsequential variable could end up being very, very powerful. Um, something that we can use. And now what you were talking about earlier, now imagine using all the technology that comes off the super cruise system. So if tire pressure can have this kind of impact, just imagine down the road. I've ordered my Bolt EUV. I cannot wait to drive out here on Interstate 81 using Super Cruise. Can't wait. No, absolutely. And but I'll I'll go even I'll go once. Hey, we have to have a conversation, but I'll go one step further. I would have put my arm around that engineer and I would have said, okay, you know the tire pressure. Therefore, the automated emergency braking system, instead of waiting for until there's 1.6 seconds before you actuate it uh, in an in, in impact or 1.6 seconds before impact, why not make it 1.7 to take that into account or make it 1.8? And if you did that, now, if you can convince them to do that so that there isn't a crash in case the driver doesn't have his, his air his or her air pressure correctly, then you know that before anybody else that they've made that improvement. Guess what? The greatest thing you have from an actuarial point of view is you know the future better than your competitors out there. Guess what? You should win. I mean, it's almost a, a slam dunk. What, I mean, isn't it? Or talk to use, me here. <laughs> we use the analogy, uh, insurance is priced and dealt with in the rearview mirror. Um, right. That's how insurance the world works. Is they wait that's until what, let me see, what, let me because, see what happened over the last two or three years because they didn't have access people. to the data that you have. Oh my goodness! Because you're in there tight with the manufacturer, which is where it's it should why, be. Which is where it should be. Everybody's better off. You encourage them to make the improvements so you don't have to pay. And I mean, that's why we're so excited about you you're, coming into the business. I mean, you're hired. You're, you're making my case for me. You're hired. This is this is the power. This Can is the opportunity <laughs> that uh, integrating an insurance company and an OEM has. I've got to jump in for one second, yeah. Alan. Sure. We're going to come back. This is so great. I've been just sitting back we're enjoying this. Time. We'll be back with more. But first, this is a good time to remind you about our sponsor, the Smart ETFs, Smart Transportation and Technology ETF, symbol MOTO. 
To get more info, head to MOTOETF.com. On the website, check out the white paper. It's called The Smart Transportation Revolution. It's under the Insights and News tab. Great information there to help you make informed decisions about investing. You may know ETFs can be a smart way to spread risk and focus on a particular category of stocks. The site, once again, is MOTOETF.com. We're back with Andrew Rose, president of OnStar Insurance Services. I want to to step out of the way again, but Andrew, is there an issue at all? I know Tesla has offered insurance, but only in California. You're going to be able to roll this out broadly uh, across the country and tell us what that game plan looks like. Certainly. Well, we've already started the rollout. Uh, We launched in uh, Arizona in late November for employees, make sure we had it right. Um, Since then, we've gone to the public. We are now in six states. We'll be at nine by the end of this month uh, in March. And if all holds after a year of COVID, I never make any promises uh, anymore. We aim to be national. So this is a program that we want to uh, have countrywide as quickly as possible. And then do the iterations that uh, that Alan and I were just you know talking through is take what right now is a basic auto insurance product. It's still fantastic, but it doesn't have all these bells and whistles built into it. That's our goals over the next couple of years is to deeply integrate all of this knowledge that an OEM can bring into the car pricing. Now we've we focused a lot on the pricing. Let's take a step and talk about the actual biggest expense for insurance companies when those losses actually happen, we have the opportunity to have a fundamentally differentiated claims experience. So with all of the connected car data, I'm going to know when an accident has occurred. Why can't I use machine learning and prior accidents to understand what parts I'm going to need to repair that vehicle? No longer do you have to go through a long estimation process, but just use prior experience to do that. So now I can order the parts. I can schedule the repairs. I can get you a rental car that matches the one that you have right now. All of those things will ultimately reduce cycle time and up the customer satisfaction. If I reduce cycle time, I reduce the loss costs. And again, that comes back to what Alan and I were talking about. That's another opportunity to pass those savings on to the customer or acquire even more customers. Well, you said, I'll, I'll, throw, I'll throw in even one more, if I may. Not, hey, I'm an outsider. I don't know anything about insurance, so please don't. Uh, but let me throw something mm-hmm. else in there. As I look at some of these technologies that both are out there in terms of the in terms of the safety features, as well as the com- uh, the uh, comfort and safety and, 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 and um, comfort features that are out there. Um, at some point, probably, likely, I would suggest that, that there will be product liability aspects associated with those, which then on a product liability responsibility goes back then to the manufacturer. So they get dragged into these things. You know, it'd be, in the beginning of analog breaks, there was this problem. And of course, if I, if I rear-ended somebody, and I'd be going, but I pushed my brake really hard, damn it, and it didn't stop. You know, mm-hmm. It was the brake's fault. It wasn't my fault. So, you know, some people ran, 
ran back to product liability and said, hey, the brakes didn't work. And in fact, the brake manufacturers defended themselves and said, hey, heck no, we worked better. We took over because you were doing the wrong thing and we did a better thing. And they ended up winning all those and that, that went by them. But yet they were dragged in to those situations. And one can, can maybe envision that in some of these things, especially, you know, hands off, feed off type of thing, whatever, that, that some product liability claims would go back associated with crashes that occurred in those situations back to GM and they'd be dragged in. But you as the insurance insurer would be dragged in anyway, because you know, you're the insurer. And in fact, GM, when only one of you would end up dealing with the situation because being dragged in also incurs some expenses, even though you might win. And all of a sudden, instead of both GM and you being dragged in because you're the insurance, only one of you is. As opposed to you know somebody else doing it or GM selling their product and having it be insured by somebody else. They got dragged in, but they didn't get any of the revenue from the insurance. So you actually have an opportunity here to really reduce the expense side of the combined on star GM in this thing, in terms of these product, newer products you're putting out there to improve safety, to improve comfort and convenience, to really improve the product, to really make people want to buy a bolt, to really put 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 um, uh, super crews in Chevys, in the Hummer, whatever. And all of a sudden, you combined, at least from Mary's point of view, she should look at that and she say, oh my goodness. Do I have a well, we, uh, whatever? We believe we're putting some of the safest vehicles uh, on the road um, out there. Safety and security is core to our message. We can't prevent people from suing. This is the, this is America. The one thing we're really good at is people can sue whoever they want. We oh, think- Oh yeah, yeah, sure, uh, you can't, you're right, right. You know, from the, from the insurance standpoint, um, you know, the, yeah. the, sadly, the courtroom is uh, not an unfamiliar yeah. place. We yeah. Uh, yeah. we understand Absolutely. we're going to get pulled in there. Absolutely. Uh, but uh, the the reality of it is, is you know, now you've got a situation where it's usually consumer on consumer. What happened in an accident? In a fully autonomous future, it's going to be a product liability conversation. In the yeah, messy middle, messy there's a middle lot to figure out. Right, and and that's really where there's an opportunity here. And we're going to be in that messy middle. We aren't even Long started. Time. We aren't even started in this new one. Okay, we're barely inching in. You you took it from the CT6 to the Bolt. You haven't brought it to the Chevy. You haven't brought it to the Corvette. You haven't brought it to the you know the, the these uh, so on. And you know and there's there's a long and then, and all those things I think provide you with with opportunities here uh, to both. Uh, be aggressive in putting out the new safety technology while protecting yourself, while in fact also providing value to the to the end consumer and that in, so, in, in a better rate and a better coverage and all that stuff. I mean, this is what Fred and I have been talking about. We, look, why isn't why aren't the OEMs in the car insurance business? They should be there. It, it is. It is. Imagine so, being at your dealership and understanding as you're looking at these various safety features. This doesn't happen today, but you know, it's part of my vision for the uh, for the future. 
that you can see this particular safety and security package um, on average gets you a savings of $200 per year on your insurance. It becomes a different equation for you then as the consumer going, well, I wasn't sure I was going to buy that particular package, but now I might be able to pay for that package over the next five to 10 years of ownership just in my insurance savings. Um, and if you're if buying this car there, so you can start to integrate and incentivize the right behavior. Sure. But if you're buying Sorry. that insurance product for a 16 year old, the savings is much more than 200 bucks. And in fact, you can probably, trust me, you can probably, you might get to a point because, because all these features are Moore's Lodge. Okay. You know, Moore's Law, man, the price, the, the, the capabilities are improving every, every two years and the price is having every two years. And you can see when, in fact, these, these capabilities are so inexpensive in a new vehicle that, in fact, insurance can pay for it and have money left over. And, and that's really how, I mean, that, that's, how, that's how then you can really go into the, into the dealership with the customer and say, hey, you know, you can buy this one, you know, whatever, and, you know, or now, of course, the challenge you have is you have to let the state regulators let you do that, okay? Which and is a we're already having conversations. Which is a non-trivial thing to do. Why? Because, of course, you know, they have to make sure that you're around in case something happens. They can't let you, you know, just collect money up front and, you know, run for the hills in Blacksburg or something, right? I mean, they can't let you do that, right? And so that's we got to be there for them. That, that's why, you know, you have you know discounts and all that stuff has to be, you know, you you have a lot of work to do to convince that. But and and we're, it's, we're it's so, there are partners um, in that yeah. because they have that's one of the advantages is they have the same kind of incentives. They want to make sure consumers have access to the most affordable insurance they can get, but they also want to make sure that those products out there are as safe as they can be. And that's what we're uh, we're very focused on delivering. Andrew, right. we're and running then, out of time and the, the yeah. allotted time that, that you okay. have for us. But there's when for people who are concerned about the, the privacy issues, you mentioned this is all permission based. Correct. Do you want me as a customer if I say no, you can't have access to that or I don't want to pay for this uh, safety equipment? You still can be a customer of us and we may still give you good prices because there's there's more variables out there right now. There's correlative variables rather than causal variables. And that, in effect, is what you're trying to uh, to see is I want more variables that are directly associated with how you drive. But if you don't give me those, then I will look at other correlative variables and I may still assess that you're a good risk and give you good prices um, based on that. So we still encourage you, even if you're not a GM um, vehicle owner, check out OnStar Insurance. We may be able to save you money as well based on some of those other variables. But we know over time, the magic formula is the safety features that are in the vehicle and safe driving by the operator. There was just one other headline we wanted to touch on before we let you Two things go. together, we end up with safer roads and cheaper insurance. That's what we're striving for at OnStar Insurance. Second. Terrific. You know, we did want to mention the, the one other headline, GM's autonomous vehicle subsidiary cruise 
has agreed to acquire Voyage. Alan, uh, the deal was announced in a blog post by Voyage's CEO, Oliver Cameron, who we know, and yep. he'll become VP of product at, at Cruise. So this is a, this is a pretty big deal and yeah. one that, who knows, they may be, uh, you yeah, be, no, may be insuring these vehicles, Andrew. Well, not only that, but that is a, that is a good move for Oliver. Also, he's been he's been working and trying to deal with this future of, of driverless vehicles that we talked about earlier. To do that in in uh, in um, uh, communities um, uh, the, uh, uh, closed that are that are gated communities and provide mobility in those gated communities. And I think it's I think it's a very good acquisition by Cruz. It's a very good move by Oliver. It's bringing you know two very very uh, competent entities together. Uh, as everybody is finding out to actually make these so that they actually do work and are insurable by the manufacturer that they are willing to put them out there you know, is, is turning out to be a, a real um, uh, challenge and, and having those, those two entities come together really um, accelerate the opportunity to provide mobility in gated communities uh, on a driverless basis and offer it much more affordably and much better than, than one could do otherwise. So it is a great move by both GM and, and Voyage, at least my personal opinion for whatever that. And maybe an expansion in, more easily of what of what Voyage is doing. Yes, we want to thank we want to thank Andrew Rose from OnStar Insurance Services for taking the time to be with us. Really appreciate it, Andrew, and uh, what terrific information you provided. Yes, and we're well, thrilled to be here. I love talking to uh, folks who know this uh, this space well, and look forward to uh, staying in touch. Absolutely, Andrew, and we're so happy that that you're jumping in here again because. Uh, um, we we believe for some time that, that of course these evolving technologies will bring a a much safer, much more comfortable and convenient uh, way to for for us uh, who drive to to be able to drive around. And uh, we for some time argued that my goodness, insurance should be out there uh, making and they have the opportunity to to help make it happen. You know, one also needs the people back in the in the in the OEMs and the in the manufacturers to, to make the all the gizmos work. But, but and, and encouraging them to make them work and make them work well uh, can be insurance. And look for OnStar Insurance coming to your home state of New Jersey later this year. Absolutely! Hey, great! I'm I'm hey I'm 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 ready to go, and maybe I'll get my bolt too, and we'll go down the street. We'll do it. <laughs> We Perfect. want to remind you about the Princeton Smart Driving Car Summit that continues every Thursday at noon Eastern. It's live through the middle of April. This coming Thursday, the focus will be human-centered design of safe and affordable driverless mobility. What makes safely driven and driverless mobility better for all users? You can find more information to register at smartdrivingcar.com. And there you can get information possibly about becoming a sponsor as well. We want to thank our sponsor, the Smart ETF, Smart Transportation and Technology ETF. The ticker symbol for the ETF is MOTO. And more information is available at MOTOETF.com. You can find us at SmartDrivingCar.com. Also on Anchor FM, Spotify, TuneIn, Apple, Google, Spreaker, wherever you turn for podcasts. And you can get your smart speaker to play us too. You can find my tech reports at Textination.com. I'm Fred Fishkin along with Alan Kornhauser. Thank you for listening or watching, and please continue to stay safe. 
And Andrew, thank you. This was a lot of fun and really appreciate you being uh, on board here. Absolutely enjoyed it, gentlemen. Thank you.